Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your heart on things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. And then to John, the Gospel according to John, chapter 20, beginning at verse 19. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they're not forgiven. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, in the uh, Marvel superhero movie, Ant-Man, the first one, Paul Rudd plays the character of Scott Lang. And Scott really struggles in life. The movie opens with him finishing his prison sentence for burglary. And not long after leaving prison, he shows up uninvited to his daughter Cassie's birthday party. Uh, Cassie is thrilled to see him but the rest of the family isn't. His ex's new partner is a police officer, and he confronts him straight away and says, you know, I could arrest you right now on the spot. And the conversation sort of gets more intense, and it almost boils over as uh, Scott's ex grabs him and pulls him outside and starts to tell him off. You're a crook and you need to get your life together, is what she tells him. And he tries to persuade that he wants to be involved with uh, Cassie, his daughter, and he wants to be a part of her life. And she tells him, well, get a job, get an apartment, and start paying child support. And then she goes on to say, you're already her hero, Scott. Just be the person that she already thinks you are. And this is really profound. Just be the person that she already thinks you are. Scott doesn't have to try and earn his daughter's favor. He doesn't have to prove anything or try to change her mind. He's already in. She's already a daddy's girl and adores him. 
And all that needs to happen is for Scott to grasp this on a deeper level so that his choices and his behavior start matching the reality that already is. The problem is not a behavioral problem for him, it's a problem of identity. And the same is true for you and for me and for the Christian life. In our first reading, St. Paul says, you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. The Christian life is not about improving, ascending or growing and trying harder. It's about realizing and learning deeper and deeper what is already true. The moment you start believing in Jesus and put your trust in him, and the moment this becomes public and visible in baptism, your life is hidden with Christ in God. And just like Scott Lang in the eyes of his daughter, so you also have nothing to prove and nothing to earn, but only to receive. In God's eyes, you are accepted, beloved, and I think the whole Christian life is just trying to learn and live this more and more. And this is what it means to live a resurrection life now. And I want to focus on this resurrection life now because so many of you have been really suffering this past season. So many here have been going through a really difficult time, more than usual, and it feels like you're getting knocked down and as soon as you have some strength to stand up again, you are back on the ground. And so for those who feel this way, this sermon is for you. And for those who don't feel this way, this sermon is for you as well because the time will come where you will feel this way. A resurrection life now, it's a bit different from the resurrection life in the future, right? In verse four, Paul says, when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. And what Paul talks about here is that future day where when Jesus returns to earth, he will fix the world, he will undo the power of sin, and the dead who believe and trust in Christ, they will be raised with new material and physical resurrection bodies, just like the one Jesus has. And this is the great hope that we expect from the future. But Paul, before that, he talks about resurrection life now. Already now, today, in our weak, tired, and mortal bodies, we can enjoy resurrection life. And that's because Paul says we already died and were raised with Christ. And as I said, and as he says, our lives are now hidden with Christ in God. Well, to, to start living this resurrection life, we have to die to ourselves and we have to learn that our lives are hidden with God. But this is difficult because we usually stand in the way of ourselves in doing this. If you think about it, a real resurrection can only come if there is a real death. 
We know resurrection is good news, and we all desire it, but at the same time, we're a little scared and a little resistant. Ultimately, if we think about it, death is just a loss of control. When your heart stops beating and your lungs stop breathing, you lose all control. But before we get to that day, all of life and the struggles of everyday life, we all experience small deaths on the journey. When you cannot get a job and you are stuck in unemployment despite your best efforts, it feels like a death. When your physical and mental health struggles and you're just at the mercy of the next doctors, the next medication and the next appointment, it doesn't really feel like living. And when that one relationship always descends into bickering and fighting and frustration, it feels like it's draining life from you. All of these experiences are just small deaths, the loss of control and precursors to that ultimate loss of control. And so we are scared of resurrection because we are scared of not being in control. Just remember the last time that you were late to an important appointment, but you were stuck in traffic. We hate the loss of control. And so we're scared of resurrection because we don't want to die, but we rather maintain the status quo and keep everything going nicely and smoothly. More than resurrection, I think most of us, we desire a well-managed life. To feel like everything is going according to my plans and my expectations. When I can have the perfect work-life balance, when my kids can finally go to that elite school, when the kitchen is fully renovated, that's when life will feel good. We want the well-managed life. But Paul tells us that resurrection life now can only start once we die to ourselves and realize that our true lives are not on earth but are hidden with Christ in God. Resurrection life now can only come when we let go of our constructions of the well-managed life. And sadly, I wish this wasn't the case, but sadly, it seems that most people only get there through suffering. So often it's only suffering that can get us to cast off our illusions about the well-managed life and start to learn really what it means that our lives are hidden with Christ in God. Only suffering has the power to reveal what is really inside your heart and what you really believe about God, yourself, and the world. Suffering is the best BS detector. As long as I've known my cousin on my dad's side, he was always uh, skeptical about God. I remember as a kid sitting in the back of the car with him and asking him, does he believe in God? And his response was, eh. And when I was a teenager and I found my faith in a new way and was really excited, I was always a bit scared of him because he's very intelligent and I worried that he would expose my faith as a fraud. 
but I will never forget one comment that he made. He was very close to my dad. My dad was almost like a second father to him. And on the day that we buried my dad, after the shock of his suicide, I remember driving home with him and hearing him whisper to his wife, he's now in a better place. All my life I knew that he didn't believe in an afterlife, he didn't believe in God, he didn't believe in spirits, and yet in suffering he made this disclosure. Only suffering has the power to strip away our illusions of our well-managed life. Only suffering can reveal what is deep down and what we believe is true. Many Christians believe that they really love God. They go to church their whole lives and they do all the right things like giving and praying and reading the Bible. They believe that they love God, but then when tragedy strikes, they ask, how dare God do this to me? I've been doing all the right things, I've been living a good life, how dare this happen to me? And suffering comes along and exposes that their love for God really was just bargaining. Their main attachments in life is not that they are hidden with Christ in God, but it's in a role, it's in a job, it's in an achievement, it's in a well-managed life. In this life, we will not ever fully learn why God allows suffering. But I do believe, and I have come to learn, that God allows it, and God brings small and big deaths to our lives so that he may bring about a resurrection. God may allow you to come to your absolute end in order to raise up something new. And that's because God is not in the business of improvement, of self-help or management. God is not interested in you maintaining or staying on top of things. God is in the business of raising the dead. And only after we die to ourselves and the lives that we construct for ourselves can we learn that our true life is hidden with Christ in God. That is when resurrection life starts already now. And this resurrection life, it's not a promise to have a life free from fear and confusion and from wounds, but it is a promise that we can see our pains and our wounds in a new way. All our hurts and the worst things that happen to us in this life, they can be transformed in light of that very first Easter Sunday morning. In our gospel reading, we see the disciples scared and hiding. Fair enough, their leader and their friend was just executed by the state. But as they are hiding in fear, Jesus appears to them out of nowhere. And what does he do? He wishes them peace, and then he shows them the signs of his suffering, his wounds. The man that is standing and breathing and alive before them 
is really the same man that was nailed to a cross, speared in the side, and tortured to death. And it's from the sight of Jesus' wounds that the disciples receive joy. Jesus gives them his peace, he gives them the Holy Spirit, and he gives them the forgiveness of sins. And so living the resurrection life now, while we're not promised to be immune from pain and hurt, we can trust that these pains and these hurts are not meaningless, but God's way of raising us up to new life and teaching us that our true lives are hidden with him. And perhaps even through our wounds and through our pains, we can bring healing and life to others. And this is very powerfully told by Father Gregory Boyle. Uh, he's a Roman Catholic priest who lived in one of the poorest parts of LA, and he founded Homeboy Industries, a charity that seeks to help people try to avoid a life of crime. The town where he lived had some of the highest rates of gang violence and uh, criminal activity, and his life has been dedicated to draw men and women out of that cycle of crime and violence. And he tells the story of Pablo. Pablo always wore three t-shirts growing up, and that's because his mom beat him every day, and so he wore two shirts to soak up the blood from his wounds, and a third one to hide it. In school, everyone teased him about it. And when he was nine, his mom told him that she didn't want anything to do with him anymore, and he was sent to an orphanage. But as an adult, Pablo no longer hides his wounds. He tells the story as he tries to help others escape a life of hurt and crime. He says, I wore three t-shirts because I never wanted to show people my wounds. I was ashamed of my wounds, and so I always tried to hide them. But now I see that to live into my purpose, I need to welcome my wounds. How else will I ever be able to heal other people? When we allow ourselves to die to this world, to let suffering and the loss of control take away our constructions of a well-managed life, then we can learn to appreciate that our true lives are found not in us, but in Jesus. That is when we can live a resurrection life already now. And it's also then that we can learn and see that our wounds are not meaningless, but God's way of raising us up to new life and perhaps even bringing hope and healing to others. And so to wrap up, I started with the story of Scott Lang. All of life was against him. The managed life that he wanted was simply beyond his reach, as he couldn't be there for his daughter, as his ex thought he was a crook, and as he had to face the reality of finding a job with a criminal record. But his ex told him one of the most profound things that he could ever hear. You're already your daughter's hero, Scott. Just be the person 
that she already thinks you are. And this is the best news that he could receive because the solution to his predicament was already within him and it was already in reach. The Easter hope that Jesus was crucified, died, buried, and then came back to life again in a real physical and material body and that he remains alive in this body to this day, it is the foundation of our faith and it is the best news that we can receive. Without the resurrection of Jesus, our religion would slip, slip into empty moralism. We might have nice buildings and nice music, but at the end of the day, it would be about us trying to improve ourselves and trying to be better. But Paul tells us our lives are hidden with Christ. We already died and are raised. God already accepted and welcomed us. And God already offers us a fresh start every day, whether you've been a Christian for decades or for one day. We don't have to try harder or look further, but simply realize what is already true. You have been raised with Christ, for, your di for you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Amen.